Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The I Love You So Much podcast is proudly sponsored by Hilton. Discover Austin and choose from one of our many brands, including Hilton, Embassy Suites by Hilton, Doubletree by Hilton, Hampton Inn and Suites, and Home to Suites by Hilton. See more, save more. Stay at Hilton. Unlock local experiences at travel.hilton.com. You talk about Austin being weird. Uh, it is, but in a very good way. And I've loved writing about some of the strange people in Austin. One of my favorites was uh, a teenage boy I found who collects vacuum cleaners. I, I found him at a vacuum cleaner collector's convention in Austin, which I just thought was a really strange thing. It would make a fun story, and it did make a fun story. But this guy was the best part of it. He had, at the time, 50 vacuum cleaners. He talked about how he loved their working parts. He would go up to them and almost caress them and talk about how uh, they really got things clean and which one was the best one. And he very often will take his favorite vacuum cleaner to sleep with him. He was amazing, and I would absolutely love to track him down and find out what he's doing today. I'm Helen Anders, and this is I Love You So Much. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, a show for everyone caught up in an ongoing love affair with Austin, even if it's complicated. I'm your host, Tali Mosley. I'm Omar Gayaga. And I'm Addie Broyles, coming to you from the shores of Lady Bird Lake in the offices of the Austin American Statesman. This week on the show, the founder and employees of Empowered Coffee. Founder Jonathan Davis talks to us about his idea for a radically inclusive coffee shop where employees of all abilities pour you a cup of joe. Deb O'Keefe of 101X Radio says that last year she was overweight, depressed, and lonely. But one bodybuilding competition later, she's inspired and sharing what she's learned. Now she's raising funds to get veterans and their spouses into the gym. Peter Dutton, a 30-year-old Austinite, found himself caught up in a case of mistaken Twitter identity recently. How did he get confused for an Australian prime minister candidate? We invited him to the studio to tell us the story. We'll end, as always, with our recommendations in a toast, but first, Empowered Coffee. After being inspired by a young woman with Down syndrome who successfully ran her first half marathon, Jonathan Davis had an idea. Why not create meaningful employment for a segment of the population that wants to work hard but doesn't always get the opportunity? We visited Empowered Coffee for ourselves to see his unique idea in action. We are here at Empowered Coffee with Casey, William, Whitley, and Jonathan. Good morning, guys. Morning. 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 Thanks so much for joining me. So I want to give listeners an idea of what Empowered Coffee is and how it started. And then I want to ask what it's like to work here. So let's start with the origin story. How did Empowered Coffee get up and running? Tali, my my wife and I, Kim... um, had a lot of exposure to the community of young people in town that happen to have Down syndrome 
including a young woman named Kaylee Williamson. And we saw her determination as she was trying to complete a half marathon, become the first person with Down syndrome to complete the Austin Half Marathon. And the team at Run Lab was so excited about watching her ability to set a goal uh, that it kind of opened our eyes to capabilities and just the excitement behind this population of people that are amazing. And, uh, and so that combined with a, uh, a visit to a local chain coffee shop that's based in Seattle, um, <laughs> we were sitting there one morning and we watched 10 different people come in, not make eye contact with anyone, uh, walk up to the counter, uh, barely look away from their smartphone, take a coffee off the counter and leave. And our thought process on that morning was, man, what if we could go to the other end of the spectrum? What if we could create a really friendly environment in the morning where you'd make eye contact, where somebody like William or Casey would remember your name uh, and make it feel a little bit more like cheers when you walked in? And so that was the impetus behind this. Um, a, a, big, a big piece for us was adding Whitley as a general manager because she's just been great and she's reliable and she also can get up a lot earlier than me in the morning. And, uh, you know, that was, that was the inspiration behind this was let's create a place that is really friendly and that changes people's expectations of what's possible. And you guys open on March 21st, which is World Down Syndrome Day? World Down Syndrome Awareness Day. Yes, that's correct. Awesome. So, William... You served me my better coffee this morning, and it's delicious. Have you ever worked anywhere before? Yes, I have. Where did you work before in Power Coffee? I worked for at ACB, Wilson, New York Pizza, and Power Coffee. So this isn't your first rodeo working, but what do you like about working at Empowered Coffee? Empowered Coffee is make coffee. I love people learn Empowered Coffee. How to open bakery. You guys also have some great customer service. I got a hug from you after you gave me my coffee this morning. Yeah. Thank you. So, Casey, you work at Empowered Coffee. How long have you been here, sir? Uh, since, the, since the very start. And what do you like most about working here? Well, again, this, this also isn't my first rodeo working. Um, I've worked two other places prior to this, and uh, I timeline is kind of off here started off at HEB in 2014 uh, had to quit in 2017 to uh, to work at Costco got let go there after 72 days was unemployed for two months came back to HEB and uh, and you know and then after about two or three months th- there I I, uh, I realized that okay well I need more work and, uh, you know, so my mom, uh, she's very heavily involved with uh, special needs community. And she found out about this particular uh, location from the head of the special ed department at Eanes Independent School District, which is where my brother Cody and I uh, went to. Uh, and, and so she told me about this and, and I said, OK, well, that, that sounds like a very interesting opportunity. So I came here, I talked to Whitley, she gave me the job on the spot and... I've been here since the beginning, and I've loved it ever since. And uh, what I love about the uh, what I love about Empowered Coffee is that 
Yes, I mean it does start very early in the morning. You have, you, you know, you got to sacrifice some sleep. I saw six o'clock opening hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, but I'm usually here between like five fifteen and five twenty, uh, just to help set up and yeah. Um, so again, you know, sleep sacrifice, but you know, it, it's worth it because you know because the environment here is so loving and caring, and I don't feel like I'm at another job. I feel like I'm, you know, at at a second family in a lot of ways. Right. Right. Yeah, listeners, I want to give you an idea of what it feels like at Empowered Coffee. We are on a podcast, so not a visual medium. No. Let me describe it to you. So right now, we are in a space that houses Rogue Running as well as Run Lab, which was started by Jonathan's wife, Dr. Kim Davis, and Empowered Coffee. So in the air, you're smelling sweaty athletes working out as well as wafts of freshly ground coffee and it's a really dynamic environment uh whitley i want to ask what it's been like for you to work here hiring the employees for empowered coffee and just seeing how customers interact with your staff being the general manager of an all-inclusive coffee shop has been nothing more than fulfilling it's been completely fulfilling. Uh, I love coming to work every day in the morning and seeing my team just succeed and become more independent. It's been really great. You'll have to forgive me. I'm a little choked up hearing Casey and and Whitley uh, describe the coffee shop the way they did. Um, uh, It's okay. It's okay. I guess guess for me, the big big eye-opening moment was I met with a guy named in town, uh, a prominent entrepreneur named Carl Shepard. Uh, he's one of the founders of HomeAway, and his son, Jack, uh, has Down syndrome. And, and he and I were having breakfast one morning, and I was sharing with him my vision for creating this. And, and, uh, and, I, and I was talking about some of the roles that we were thinking about creating, and, and he looked at me with this almost angry look in his eyes, and he said, why in the world are you adapting the workplace? And I said, what do you mean? Don't we have to adapt the workplace? He said, no. He said, what are the job requirements? And I said, well, you got to be friendly. You got to be clean. You got to be on time, right? And so doing those three things, um, that became the minimum for working here. And then we just let the team do everything. Mm -hmm. So William this morning was preparing a catering order for tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow, Casey and I are working on accounting together. Uh, the team does everything, and so it's these aren't our big deal was meaningful employment, and this is I feel like very meaningful. And to hear Casey describe this place as a family really drives that point home. Is is these these guys do everything? Mm-hmm. There, there's not there's there are no token jobs here. This is right. they run the whole shop. Right. It's like you know like you know, right. If, you know if if one wheel falls off the whole place is is it's not going to run smoothly you know yeah so i think what's so powerful about what you all are saying is that it seems like a team and just like typical teens 20 30 year olds working in coffee shops it's not any different than any other coffee shop besides the fact that (laughs) the service is probably even better (laughs) so william can i ask you a question yes ma'am so how old are you william 21 21. Okay, and Casey, how old are you? 23. 23. Okay, yeah. So a couple of 20-year-olds working in the coffee shop. I know that, Casey, you're in a band in addition to Empowered Coffee. Yes. 
William, do you have hobbies? What's another thing that you like to do when you're not working at Empowered Coffee? Uh, I open my own bakery. You open your own bakery? Mahaley. So, Whitley, what is it like to see people who have never been to Empowered Coffee interact with your staff? I just see tons of smiles. Uh, They are here for this niche. This niche is to be inclusive and uh, supporting coffee with a cause. So I just see smiles not only from my staff, but also from every single guest. Um, I've never had a complaint, and it's been just wonderful in the last four and a half months. We wanted to prove that we didn't need government funding, uh, grants, or anything else. We could actually serve a great cup of coffee with fantastic customer service and, and build customer retention because of the quality of our product, not because people felt bad for us. Right. And I'd love to think that what, what our, our team has accomplished and the fact that there are no limitations on them would inspire other companies. That'd be amazing. Right, right. This is the first inclusive for-profit business in the country. As far as we can tell, yes. We haven't had anybody <laughs> correct us on that. We, uh, every other company we've come across has been a non-profit. So the fact that yes. we're for-profit really gives us a little bit more independence, too. We can yeah. say, hey, we, we want you to come here because it's great, not because right. it's, you know. Charity. Yeah, not at all. Right. We have charitable intentions, but we're not a charity. Right. So, Jonathan, I want to ask about some of the invisible realities that comes with a population like this one working at Empowered Coffee. And here I'm not necessarily talking about physical or intellectual limitations. I'm really just talking about what it takes to be an employer and what awareness you have to have when you're hiring people with Down syndrome and cerebral palsy. Uh, I think... Tali, that the number one thing that has to be talked about is the fact that there is a very, very huge disincentive for all of our employees to work at a full-time level. Um, physical limitations aside, if any of our employees make a living wage in a full-time capacity, they would lose access to disability coverage, they would lose access to Medicaid, and they'd also lose access to health care. And, you know, off-air, you and I talked specifically about some of the physical challenges that William specifically is going to deal with in his life as an adult with Down syndrome. He cannot lose access to health care. That would be devastating to his family, and it would be financially not feasible. And so we have to watch very closely how much our employees are making. They negotiated their own rate. They make $10 an hour. They asked for that. Um, but if they were to work full-time, they would exceed the amount of money they're allowed to make, and they would lose access to that safety net yeah. of Medicaid, and that, that would be terrible. Wow. That's something uh, most people probably don't realize. No. Yeah. So whenever people ask, why is it open just three hours a day? Like, well, there's, <laughs> there's probably a, there's clearly very big reasoning behind that that just the general population isn't aware of. That's absolutely correct. That was one thing. In fact, we got that question on Google once. Somebody asked us, why are you open a few hours a day? The other reason is, you know, for William, for example, um, his heart, given the dynamic of having Down syndrome, and this applies to a number of our employees, um, circulation issues become a challenge. And so being asked to stand up for four hours at a time can be very difficult. 
for Casey, it's a different challenge. You know, Casey, you you can you can stand up as long as you want. You don't have any circulation issues having cerebral palsy. But no. do you get tired after four hours? Um, I will stand you know for four hours here. Um, you know, like no no problem, no trouble. Uh, and then when it comes to HEB, it's usually between four and six hours that I still have to stand. But you know, again that you know, but again that that that's not really an issue. But uh, but my left leg, um, it's shorter than my right. My my left side is shorter than my right. So you know, so uh, you know, so obviously you know, I have to put all my weight on my right leg to support you know you know to support that. But uh, you know, but again, it's not really that big of an issue. But at the end of the day, I'm just glad to be sitting down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear that. I'm enjoying this coffee I have. Can I give Casey and William a tip? Uh, we agreed very early on that there wouldn't be tips. Uh, we didn't want people to feel pressure to do that. Um, I feel like a lot of times now I feel pressure just at a typical place. If I'm getting a $3 cup of coffee and the screen in front of me says, would you like to give a $2 tip on top <laughs> totally. of that? I feel, sometimes <laughs> feel a little bit awkward. Uh, but instead what we do have is... Um, you know, one of one of our minimum requirements was not math. Uh, math and literacy were not requirements. Everything that we've got is visually based. We only accept credit cards. But we do have some people that would like to leave extra money. And what we have instead is we have a donation cup. And if you leave cash in the donation cup, and in fact, today we collected it. We've collected a little over $600 in donations and, you know, and then since gave, starting. You know, and then by the time uh, we got a 5 and a 10, and I gave that to Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, the team gets really excited when donations get left. And what we do is we pass those straight through. So all of our profits and all of our donations are going directly towards uh, organizations that promote increased physical activity for adults and kids with intellectual or developmental disabilities. And so today, actually, we're, we're going to be writing a check to Kaylee's Club so that they can get um, so they can have access to money in case someone wants to be able to start running, but they can't afford running shoes or uh, they, they don't have running shorts or they don't have money for an Uber to be able to get to the track, we'll help pay for that. So um, that's the, the team really gets excited about that donation cup too. Incredible. Now, Casey, you've been here from the beginning. Yes. Jonathan, let me ask you uh, a more pointed question, and that is what is employee turnover like at Empowered Coffee? <laughs> it's, uh, it's the most surprising thing for me of anything. Um, in, in other companies that I've had, I've employed people that are, if you call them millennials or 20-somethings. Um, and and I, I heard once that long-term employment for a millennial is one year. And if you give a one-year review, you're doing the exit interview and the review on the same day. <laughs> um, our, our turnover has been zero. We have wow. not had to add any new employees. We have a number of people who would like to work with us. Uh, we're actively trying to expand the business into catering and commercial work right now because we'd like to be able to create more jobs. Um, but we've had no turnover whatsoever since starting. It's best remarkable. attitudes, best it's employee amazing. attitudes. <laughs> you know, something, something kind of funny, we, uh, we've had, I, I, we learned early on that you can't stay in business with Facebook likes. We get a lot of those. Uh, <laughs> thumb, thumbs up, thumbs up, don't pay the bills. Right. Um, but we, uh, we also, um, we've also had a number of people who have said, man, how can I help? I want to come in and help. And at the end of the day, if you were going to Starbucks, you wouldn't go into Starbucks and ask, how can I help? You go into Starbucks and you buy a cup of coffee. 
And I think that's a big take-home message, too, for people is, hey, we love the offers of help. We're really good. We got everything going. These guys have this thing on rails. They run it so well. What we need is people to buy a cup of coffee and enjoy the environment. If I could pick up one specific thing uh, that I've learned here, it's that kindness and customer service and... You know, and just being a morning person, you know, towards other people that come in here, it can really go a long way for you. Mm-hmm. Go a long way for you individually? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it can. And, you know, and also for the business, too, because without, because without the customers, we wouldn't be in business, would we? Right. Right, right. So you're saying it affects you on a personal level, yes. getting to interact with yes. other Austinites. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to change the question a little bit for you, William. What is your favorite thing about working at Empowered Coffee? Empowered Coffee is I hire down system like Cassie, Moken, Haley, Austin, Sweetern, and Tyre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Casey, William, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Jonathan Whitley, thank you guys for talking to us. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. It's been a true pleasure to come here and be served by Empowered Coffee. Thank you. Thank you, Tully. Radio host Deb O'Keefe had a transformation when she raised funds for Make a Vet Sweat. She came in to tell us about how a one-time bodybuilding challenge changed her life. Deb O'Keefe, welcome to I Love You So Much. Thank you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> we love you. We just I just met you. Yes, yeah, so nice to uh, to be here in the studio. So, listeners, nice you might recognize Deb's voice. She is a host on 101X in the mornings. That's right. Uh, and but. This year, she has had a unique pursuit that oh. involves a lot of time in the gym. We Do called tell. it my journey. Your journey? Where? No, did... no, no, my journey. Like mahjong. It's lo- journey. almost like that. It's in. It's a long reference to a long joke, but it's M a capital M A capital J journey. So it's my journey. And so your your journey. You would say my journey. Your your my journey. Your journey. It's a long story, but it's funny if we had time. It to also tell involved you today, um, spray tan and tiny bathing suits. And yeah. why why go through this rigmarole to go up on stage and have people stare at yeah, all stare of my nooks and crannies? <laughs> did you see the pictures? I did. They were impressive. Uh, it's it's nuts. That was girl. That's why I invited you in the studio because you guys did some really awesome stuff through this. I oh, mean, Mark, I did you see I know the pictures? Nothing. I no. I all right, as we talk, I'll show you the pictures. Okay, so you get my live reaction. So <laughs> bodybuilding. I mean, Omar, what are your thoughts about bodybuilding as a um, well, you know, I mean, I grew up in the area in the era of, you know, Schwarzenegger and mm-hmm. pumping iron and, and all of the, the kind of steroid era. And it feels like it went through that era where it was it was like 
associated so much with that, but then it's kind of come out for the other end of now it's more about herbal and natural and, and more about keeping it clean. And there's also lots of different levels of bodybuilding as well. There are bodybuilders who lift and get big to be the biggest that they can. And um, in this particular world of bodybuilding that I tuck my toe in, I just dipped, dipped <laughs> the one big fat big toe in and because I'm out again now. Mm-hmm. I, th- I want to do one and done. I wanted to see how it was. This is the world of fitness competitions or bodybuilding competitions, but it's a really small part of the bodybuilding world. So I won't talk about the rest of the bodybuilding world. I know that uh, I've been working out in a gym since I was about 19, so I know a lot of different parts of the gym life. But having been really immersed into this life for the last eight months, it's been nuts. It's, It's something, it's like any other type of extreme workout or exercise program that people do, and there are the weirdos in there, you know, like the, there are, it's like, you know, some of my best friends run a, a really elite running group and there are some real weirdos in there. And oh. I could say that about my best friends who do Ultra marathoners. She's an ultra runner. They got, they got issues. You, I mean, <laughs> people who climb all the time. I mean, any, every sport, every niche sport has that they're quirky people and they're just, you know, so this is our sport. This is what we do. We're in it a hundred percent. So there I was feeling like a bit of a tourist, mm-hmm. but going through everything that they went through as well. So it was a unique experience because again, yes, this is me getting my suit glued to my butt Omar, <laughs> by the lovely lady who made the suit for me. That's America. I got to admire the tan though. Like oh, it's got a lot of color and, and definition. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm a Caucasian lady and <laughs> so, that, that is a different color. That's almost the color of your bag there. Yeah. It's oh well in that light now and on the stage light, it's all different. You gorgeous, didn't you? Well, uh, some it, different levels of color. Well, well, Good. Uh, well, Deb, when you decided to go on your journey, uh, what was your goal? Like, what were you what were you wanting to get out of it? So, for a couple of years, a friend of mine, Justin Bohannon, he's um, one of the head coaches at Orange Theory Fitness. Again, very cultish. Orange Theory. Yeah, I love it. I love the gym. <laughs> but people who live the life, they're in it. You know, it's, it's their thing, um, and it's a great way to get in shape and lose weight. And we had partnered with them and did a competition on our show and got uh, twenty listeners, free gym memberships for six weeks to see who could win the most, uh, lose the most weight. Uh, male, female would have 20 of each and it was in a percentage. So it wasn't going to, you know, if you were giant and you needed to lose a lot of weight, it didn't matter. It was just all body fat percentage. And we had some, some lovely success stories from those folks and became very close with the Orange Theory training staff and uh, managers. And a couple of the trainers kept saying, Deb, look at you, look at your body structure. You'd be really good for, you know, doing fitness. You know, that's a, that's one of the divisions in the, the, the bodybuilding shows. And I'm like, can you see me up there? You know, walk, mincing around, walking around and with bedazzles on. and that. Be, I said, that's just not me. There's no way. Again, next year, they said it again. Oh, you missed out. Maths was this year. It was so good. And I'm like, mm, great charity. I'll donate. But I wasn't feeling it. And then uh, 2017 was a weird year for me. Um, I don't know how much we've talked about this, but I had, I had a, a really bad car accident several years ago, hit on the head. And subsequently, for since then, I've had both moments of struggling with um, anxiety panic attacks, depression, and those things come and go. But sometimes they all come at once. And I had a bunch of that last year. I had a few little things that had happened that just, with my brain, it just couldn't handle all of these things. And I had a really low several months of the year and I put on a lot of weight. I'd also got a sports injury lifting and um, that was very painful. And I just got big and I thought, you know what? I'm big, I'm unhappy and I've got to make a change and I'm going to put myself into a challenge where I'm uncomfortable and what's more uncomfortable than wearing next to nothing in front of everybody you know and virtual <laughs> strangers while you're spray painted the color of 
my best friend who's black and it was very strange um and uh, it was just a weird day but i did it and i i got through you know there was definitely some injury i got food poisoning at some point i got uh bronchitis uh, from getting sick on a plane back from vacation and so there were some things to struggle with. That was right before the competition that you got sick, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Like four weeks out, I, I had to be on steroids for two weeks, and it just poofed me up and made me retain all this water. And at the end, I was not as lean as I wanted to be. And um, I think I uh, I looked like the, the beginner in the, in the whole group of everybody, but I still did it. But but apart from the, the aesthetics of it, the, the mm-hmm. performance performative aspect of it, getting on stage yeah. and being in front of people... How do you actually feel? Like, do you feel healthier? Do you feel better? Like, is it, is it actually helped you improve your, yeah, my your mood and your, your yeah, physical? Yeah, exactly. And having that goal and knowing that I was fundraising and the whole, the, the reason I decided I wanted to do it was uh, my aforementioned friend Justin started this charity uh, bodybuilding show. This is the third or fourth year uh, called Make a Vet Sweat in order to raise funds to help um, get spouses and the veterans, veterans and their spouses uh, free gym memberships for most any gym in Austin. So um, MAVS is the acronym for MAVS. the show, and it is specifically to raise money to send to get vets and their spouses in the gym. In the gym. That's amazing. Yeah, get them in the gym. Um, obviously, if you're a veteran or you've ever known anybody, a lot of their time, if they're away, if they're deployed, they're working out with their friends, their, you know, their mates, because there's sometimes nothing else to do. And they have this sense of camaraderie and community and family. And then they come back and a lot of times they feel lost. They, you know, PTSD, injuries, whatever it might be. And Justin really wanted to um, to make that as close as it could be to what they had before. You know, if they want to go and do the CrossFit, uh, the toughest CrossFit classes, let's get them in the CrossFit gym that's nearest to the house and we'll pay for it. And so how much did you guys raise? So um, I, my fundraising goal was 2000 and I got almost 4000 in the end. Thank you to everybody who donated. And seriously, I told people, if you have five bucks, throw that in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to help. So, um, uh, yeah, for that, that was mine. I had another girlfriend. She did almost six. So she won fantastic. You know, she did fantastically with that. But uh, uh, overall, it was over 120000 and we had a big gala the evening afterwards and the day was really fun giving out the awards to the winners. And as I said, I had a ton of friends. Jason, my partner, was there. Oh, that was weird to have him there. See, I mean, he's seen me in a bikini before, but that's another <laughs> level. Uh, but yeah, the support from everybody and the girls, I found them to be a lot friendlier than I thought they would mm-hmm. be as we'd be walking around in our glass stripper heels. I love it that this mission, it became such a mission-driven uh, yeah. event for everybody. And yeah. all that money is going to stay local. So you, you've yeah. got probably uh, hundred, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds yeah, are going to be able to benefit from yeah. that. Yeah. So, that, what's, that, so that was the big thing. That made me feel like, all right, great. You know, I didn't look. I was sick a couple of times. I found out. We should talk about this in another podcast if you'd care to, Addy. I found out that I have terrible food sensitivities to the most random things and I was talking to my doctor about it because I said I, I, I'm in, in the middle of this training and I can't eat half the food they want me to eat he's like here read this and it's the FODMAP diet oh you know this thing? I heard about this yeah is that so you we can talk probably that'll be another podcast talk about that it's a whole other self so I was battling with what my stomach would take without bloating and what it wouldn't so that was itself again is another so whole other podcast. my last question for you what do you wish people understood about the fitness community well, fitness or bodybuilding. bodybuilding. I mean, I was trying to use like the correct lingo. Yeah, so I was in the <laughs> fitness division. Uh, it was a very small division. It was mostly bikini, which they have a different posing suit and they do different movements and stuff. Oh my God. This it's is it's so deep. Mind. And I've learned yeah. 
seriously, it was like all acronyms in the beginning. Like, I would just, it would be like dog whistle. I'd yeah. say to my trainer, I've got no clue yeah, 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 what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. But I've learned a lot and uh, I do know that they're a really kind bunch and they really care about helping others in the community. They're very dedicated. They work super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did learn that I don't ever want to do that again. Now, maybe I will lend my skills to the uh, to the MC portion of the event and I will definitely promote it on the radio, but that's not something for me. Now, what am I going to do next? I need a project. I've got to find a project. I can't just sit around now. Bikini so. competition number two? Nope. Nope. Oh, <laughs> one and done. One and done. I the mean, you could try to get again. on a food competition show with your FODMAP diet. That would be. I bet you could probably like the do best that. foods you could make on the FODMAP diet <laughs> using the fifteen ingredients you're allowed <laughs> to left. eat on that. Your own fitness training show. Oh man, that would be fun. Well, first of all, I've got to get my hip fixed. I probably have to have surgery this year because I've a torn labrum in my hip. So. Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming in. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me. This is fun, and I'll see you again. Peter Dutton, an Australian candidate for prime minister, may have lost his bid for the job, but Austin's Peter Dutton, a sales manager for Soul Pop Popcorn, is having the best week ever. Here's why. Peter Dutton, welcome to I Love You So Much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. What so, a crazy week you've had. It has been, uh, it's been a very interesting week, for sure. So if you can't tell, Peter Dutton is an American who's actually an Austinite, not the former frontrunner for the Prime Minister of Australia. Please tell us this crazy story. <laughs> yeah, so um, for about a year now, I've been getting um, tweets and direct messages from people in Australia um, who confuse the name of mine with the namesake of the guy in Australia. And um, so this week kind of ramped up a bit. I got a couple extra tweets, a couple extra DMs, and I was like, there's something going on. And so CNN posted a tweet kind of explaining what was going on. And my wife showed it to me and said, here's why you've been getting messages. So I retweeted it with just a kind of a funny comment of, I wish my Australian friends would look at my profile and realize I'm not the guy. And in like two minutes, it kind of got 2,000 likes and a couple of retweets. And in the next 20 minutes, it was at 4,000. And it kept growing from there. And then people kept nominating me as the prime minister. And I was like, wait a minute. And then one person said the people's prime minister. And I was like, I can run with that name. And that's kind of <laughs> how we got here. The unofficial title. <laughs> right, right, right. No. Uh, so did you know much about this politician? Like, what, do you know anything about his politics or what, what he stands for? Or anything? I, I, I didn't know anything about him. I still really don't. I, I haven't taken a, a dive into Australian politics at all. Um, so I really don't know much about him other than we share the same name. Well, we do know he lost, right? I do know he lost. I okay. do know he well, lost. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was challenging. Basically, the prime minister, they sort of appoint prime ministers there. So he was appointed. Um, but, you know, what's funny is that he's fallen off the radar and your stock is rising. You've been on all the national you know, news and, and all these newspapers um, and you've really built up a bond with the people of Australia. I think this is what makes this different from what Omar and I see a lot on the Internet, which is, you know, confused. This happens often where people tweet, you know, at the wrong person. But right. something is different about this. What would you say right. that is? Uh, I, I would say it's different. Um, I think just my personality of being a people person, and a loving person. Um, I think that's kind of been well received um, in Australia and they've been showing the same type of love and appreciation for me and my um, humor around the situation and not taking it in a bad way. Um, but it's been really refreshing, kind of like what you said. Um, you know, the Internet sometimes can be a, a weird place and kind of a negative space. But um, through this um, event, it's been sort of heartwarming and kind of a reassurance that, you know, humans can coexist and love each other from different parts of the world that don't know much about each other just off the nature of, you know, um, just appreciating each other for who they are. 
yeah, Twitter in particular can be very like when you think of mistaken identity on Twitter, you think, right. oh, this person's going to get harassed, they're exactly. going to get hate mail, <laughs> exactly. And the first thing I noticed when I looked at your Twitter when I when I first came across this story was you posted a, a, a I guess a sonogram of your. Right, uh, of right, your daughter, right, right. Uh, who's who's on the way, right, uh, and I was like, oh, right. oh, I like this guy already, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that might have had something to do with it. People look at your profile and you're like, oh, he's gonna be a dad, oh, right, nice. right. And it, it was funny because um, the night that it was kind of going crazy, the the next morning was when we had to go to our doctor's appointment for the baby, mm-hmm. and um, people just kept tweeting me, and so I kind of put out a statement. I was like, hey, I got to go to bed now. We have an appointment in the morning. Um, I'll talk to you guys in the morning. So we're at the appointment, and I started getting tweets, and they're like. Well, we're invested now. Can we see the baby? And I was like, all right, I'll put a picture up. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that, that stood out from your profile was that you were associated with a local business with Soul Popped Popcorn. T- tell us about that. You're your sales uh, manager. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm head of sales and new business for Soul Pop Popcorn. Um, it is a growing and the only soul food inspired popcorn company in the world. Um, we have awesome flavors from chicken and waffle, banana pudding, mac and cheese, uh, sour deal, Austin smoked barbecue, uh, Big Mama's fried chicken. Oh man, um, all these really, sound so good. We have really a lineup of, of of them here on the table at the yeah. studio, and I'm like, I cannot wait to open these up. And oh yeah, these. They're, they're just as awesome as they look. Uh, well, really, that, really healthy popcorn. Popcorn as well. That adds to the story of the local pop salesman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, popcorn salesman really adds to the, the story. Okay, so you actually have plans of maybe creating an Australian flavor, going to Australia, meeting some of these people who've offered their homes to you. Right. Um. You know, they want to buy you a beer. They want to. I don't right. know. Maybe they're gonna. You know, offer to send your daughter to college. Right. <laughs> a, a beer and a boot, maybe, because it's yeah. Australia. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's been awesome. The love from people in Australia has been um, something I never could have thought of or planned for, um, but it's been a blessing at the same time. And so right now we are working on figuring out ways to take our popcorn to the Australian market um, and potentially take a trip to Australia as well. Um, so we're lining all those things up. We're still a local small business, so uh, it'll come with some challenges, but I think we got the right team and we're up for the task. Well, uh, it's available for sale at the the Miller Farmer's Market, which is where you originally met the owner, DJ. Yes, yes. Um, so I, and it's, but it's also available on Amazon. And you, you, you guys, I was surprised to see that you guys ship all the way to Europe and Mexico already. So Yep, yep. So we're on it. we've been on Amazon a few months, so we've been doing really well on Amazon. Um, as you can imagine, with the recent New media Zealand, attention, Australia, um, here it comes. the... the, the our popcorn has been going crazy on Amazon right now. So we're trying to get into Australia, New Zealand. Um, and yeah, you know, the locals farmers market is kind of where my start to this came. Um, I met DJ when the company was a couple months old at the, at the farmer's market. And originally I don't, I don't like popcorn. Um, I've never bought popcorn at the movies. I've never bought popcorn at the store. Like I don't like popcorn at all. So I was at the farmer's market walking around, want to support local businesses. And um, I saw DJ and we made eye contact and I was like, oh, it's popcorn. I don't want to go. So I tried to I tried to look <laughs> off as if I wasn't going to go. And she was like, come on, I got some good popcorn for you. I want you to try it. And I was like, OK. And so I tried the popcorn and I think the chicken and waffle was the first one I tried. And I was like, wait a minute. And so I was like, and so I thought to myself, I was like, maybe you're just a little hungry. And, you know, that's why you're liking it. So I tried another flavor. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, there's something here. And so I ate it some more. And so I bought a couple bags, took it home to my wife. And she was like, mm, this is some good popcorn. So that night we were sitting watching some TV show. We ate the whole bag, didn't even realize it. And I was like, we're out of popcorn. So that next week at the farmer's market showed up again. I was like, DJ, my, I introduced her to my wife. I was like, hey, meet my wife, Audrey. And and we started talking about the popcorn and just kind of built up a relationship through uh, buying popcorn and building. And she was like, hey, you know, one day I'll be willing want to build on my team and I want to bring you on if you're up to it. This and, that. and I was like, DJ, I love to. I love the popcorn. I love the message. I love what you're doing. I love, I love you as a person. Um, and I think it'd be a great opportunity for me and we could really make something special happen. 
popcorn changed your life. Popcorn has changed my life. And then this fateful coincidence of your name. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tie it all it. together, right? Well, Peter Dutton, thank you so much for coming into the studio. It's thank you been so a much for having me. Thank you so much. Good luck in your future political aspirations. <laughs> no political aspirations, but I, I, I will take the People's Prime Minister title with me uh, for a long time. Good luck, Peter. Thanks. Thank you. The I Love You So Much podcast is proudly sponsored by Hilton. Discover Austin and choose from one of our many brands, including Hilton, Embassy Suites by Hilton, Doubletree by Hilton, Hampton Inn & Suites, and Home to Suites by Hilton. See more, save more. Stay at Hilton. Unlock local experiences at travel.hilton.com. We've come to the portion of the show we call A Toast, where everyone in the room will share something they're interested in lately. Omar, you want to start us off? Yeah, there is a new show on Netflix that just debuted, uh, I guess about a week or two ago, called Disenchantment. And this is the latest animated series from Matt Groening, who oh, you know from... I saw the trailer today. Yeah, The Simpsons, Futurama. And the conceit for this one is that it's set in a medieval kind yeah. of magic world. <laughs> uh, there are elves. And actually, if you look at them really closely, they look like the happy little elves from The Simpsons from way, oh, way back in the beginning nice. of The Simpsons. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's about a princess and a kingdom and an elf. And uh, there's a little tiny imp demon played by Eric Andre. Uh, Abby Jacobson from Broad City plays the lead yeah. character, the princess. Uh, so it, it's pretty good. Like I, I have not dived through all, I think, eight or ten episodes yet. I only watched the pilot in the second episode. But it's it's very Matt Groening. It's very like Life in Hell. His his LA comic strip. It's more that than The Simpsons. I think uh, very kind of dark humor. People get killed, but in that very slapsticky Monty yeah. Python kind of Holy Grail way. So I like it. I've read some pretty critical reviews of it, and I think we're in this golden age of TV where like people get very impatient if the pilot is not absolutely brilliant. They're like, oh, that sucks. It's not good. It's not as good as The Simpsons. It's not as good as Futurama. Well, it's not going to be from Give it a break. One. Yeah. yeah give it some time. Uh, I've read some reviews say, you know, from people that did get to, through the whole season saying it definitely takes a good turn and gets really good by the end of it. Uh, Bojack Horseman on Netflix was another one where like it took me three or four episodes to really get into it. So I'm, I'm going to give this one a chance. I, nice. I, like, I like it enough, and there were enough laughs in the first episode that I'm going to stick with it. So Disenchantment on Netflix. Okay, we have special guest, Deb O'Keefe. Hey, Deb. Hi. What are you into these days? Wow, I could go over my Netflix resume right now because I've done some <laughs> good things recently. But you've done Netflix, so I would like to say if you have time this week or before, at least they're not in the cinema anymore, go and see. And they're completely opposite films. You might want to see them back to back. One is a bit of a palate cleanser to make you feel warm and fuzzy. But uh, I saw in the weekend, I saw Black Klansman oh. and Christopher Robin. And I know diametrically opposed. This is me. This is me as a person. Sure. I, I'm into that, and I'm into that. And Black Landsman just had my friend and I like looking at each other. We must have looked at each other or grabbed each other 50 times throughout that film. So well done. So funny. Uh, so completely terrifyingly true. And some of the words that were said by David Dukes, Duke or Dukes, Duke. Mm. Dookie, how about I call him David, David Dookie? Dookie. <laughs> there you go. Give him the respect that he needs. Um, we're just chilling and ha- really reflect our presidency right now. So that was that was a little scary. Mm. Then to flip the coin, <sighs> Winnie, Eeyore. Did you grow up on Winnie the Pooh? Yes, and little Tigger. And yeah. Everybody was so wonderful. It was a beautiful story, great family story. There were a bunch of kids 
I think too little, like a bunch of two year olds. Mm. There's mm. a little scary moments. He went to World oh. War Two. He went to World War One for a moment, and so there was there was a little scary stuff and some shouting. But I would just say yes, that film is beautiful. You just want to hold them. The animation that they did for the teddies, or you know, for all the animals, was just mm-hmm. they looked like you could just pick them up and hug them. I thought when I heard about this, I thought this is a bad idea, and then I saw the trailer mm-hmm. like. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, like Paddington. Like Paddington. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Paddington. Don't get me started. So I won't. Good. No, oh. I won't. I can't. No, I can't. Start watch crying. It. No, I, I, it seems to me too far away from the Paddington that I grew up with. Oh, uh, they're so good. The I've heard so the new good. Paddingtons are pretty good. I've heard that, but maybe yeah. it's from people who never saw the Paddington. Oh, the original one. Oh, those are yeah. great recommendations. Both of those are on my list. Oh, Anybody? Yes. Okay, so I, maybe this is on brand of me, but um, it's a food recommendation oh, and it involves yes. grocery shopping. And I actually love going to the grocery store mm-hmm. and I don't can't see where I would stop going to the grocery store, but the new curbside service from HEB is really mm-hmm. fantastic. It's $5. Wow. Straight up $5. My um, time is worth more than yeah. that. Well, and across so the board, great. the products are like 3% more expensive than they are in the store. So you are going to pay more, but hmm. it's it's that sweet spot for me. Instacart is too, that, that feels like a luxury. That feels it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> reclaiming my time, reclaiming mm-hmm. my time. For $5. But the HEB one is like, oh, that's actually more doable. If I'm going to spend, you know, 100 bucks, like an extra $10, call it or whatever, it's really not that much. Um, but here's the thing. They're actually offering it for free because... Well, okay. Mm. There's some caveats. It's uh, between now and September 14th, and it's only Tuesday through Friday. But if you schedule a delivery during that time, they waive the $5 fee. Oh, wow. So they're definitely trying to get more people to try it. They've only outfitted so many stores in the Austin area, so not every HEB has it. Um, usually there's a parking place along like the side of the mm-hmm. store, and they actually bring the groceries to you, load it up in your car. You don't tip the people. Yes. They won't take your tip. Like it's... They're just a grocery store right, employees. Right, it's right. not separate. Yeah, entity. I, I did delivery for the first time with HEB uh, for free, like on a Tuesday night. You know, and you you have that window. Was of like, it a curbside? No, I did delivery. They actually delivered to you. They delivered for free, uh, and I mean, they do the upsell thing where you know they, they charge you three percent for the groceries, uh-huh. uh, and I think they do include a tip when they, they mm-hmm. usually it was like a five dollar tip on a on a over a hundred dollars of groceries, wow. so not bad at all. Uh, and you know, there were a few substitutions. Some things were like I I chose something specifically to get it, and then they put in something, and, thing. They, and I couldn't change it in time mm. for them to fix it. So like they, I bought a mug, a taco mug that I was very in love with when I saw it online, and they gave me a completely different taco Aww. mug that was not funny, not cute. I was like, I'm taking that one back. Take that one back. But, yeah. but for the most part, I mean, like 98 percent hit rate on it. Like almost everything I got was was in great condition. Wow. The produce was good. Like it was. Very good experience. People seem real concerned about produce, as was I. But yeah. I have actually had really successful experiences with produce, except when I got garlic and they they gave me elephant garlic, which I had not ever used before, and it was a lot. Of, it was a lot. This of is garlic. garlic made of elephant. It was huge. It's it was just a, pretty big, as right? big as like an elephant toe. It was very yeah. large. Oh um, but the delivery thing is interesting because I don't know that HEB itself is doing delivery in Austin. Was that was down in New Braunfels? This is in New Braunfels, yeah. and, and there are there are three HEBs in New Braunfels. I know it's ridiculous. Um, and I think two of them are already outfitted for curbside. The one I usually go to is is installing curbside now. Yeah. And the one that was delivered, though, was from that one. So wow. they don't have curbside yet, but they do do delivery. Well, they often, um, mm-hmm. you know, will test something in the market down there and then expand it uh, to the other stores. Yeah, it's, so. it's, I'm, I'm, I'm for this brave new world of grocery delivery. That means it saves us time to watch more Netflix and go to the movies. That's right. Exactly. I used to be like you and love the store. And now I'm just like, oh, I don't have I time. Have well, and if, your basket, if your grocery shop is the same from week to week, it really is. You can just save your you stuff. And in, I mean, I, yeah. there are 15 or 20 items that I buy every time. And, you know, just to have that. And then you can add the other stuff that you need around yeah. it. But, well, thanks, guys, so much for sharing. Thank Great. you. Thanks for your tips. Thanks for coming in, Deb. That's our show. She's Addie. He's Omar. I'm Tali. 
Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter at loveaustin360. If you liked what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. It helps other people discover the show. I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast is produced by Alyssa Vidales. The show is made with support from Features Editor Sharon Chapman and the entire Austin 360 staff. Our theme music is from local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find more about the show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com or leave a voicemail at 512-445-3672. This podcast is brought to you by Hilton Austin. We couldn't do this show without you, dear listener, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your Texas toll tags. Until next week, we'll see you shopping for mattresses at your nearest Labor Day sale. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.